and welcome to the Flip and Shift podcast. My name is Julie Walls. This podcast was based on the Flip and Shift's tagline, flipping your thinking to then shifting your behavior. The Flip and Shift podcast focuses on temperament to then how we evolve in our thinking to which influences our behaviors. With each episode, we'll be chatting with leading experts in the field that have overcome struggles of their own. They found their way to overcome areas in their lives that needed focus and are now actually helping others to find their way. We all have a story to share. Let's learn from our past to change our future and most importantly, inspire and help others along the way. If you are wanting to feel empowered, inspired, and are ready to make those changes in your life, you are subscribed to the right podcast. And hey, thank you so much for your support. Now, grab your favorite drink or snack, turn up the volume, kick back, and enjoy this chat. Um, He's here. He's gone through some major life struggles. Uh, He's found empowerment within to overcome all of his adversities. Uh, His story is life-changing. And if you need hope and encouragement, you're in the right spot. He's got a lot of great information he's going to be sharing with you guys tonight. He's overcome drug abuse, uh, alcohol abuse. He's navigated through the struggles of coming out, um, his self-identification, as well as as accepting a major life-changing illness. So um, without further ado... Josh is going to be on discussing is talking about his, I say life acronym or life philosophy, the fly philosophy, which is first love yourself. So Josh, Hey, how are you? Hey guys. How are you? Hey, it's been a long time coming. I'm so honored and excited for you being here on the flip and shift tonight. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. I'm super excited to do this. So first let's start it off. Um, where are you from? I am from Peoria, Illinois. I actually live in Peoria Heights, um, but I'm Midwest, pretty much born and raised. <laughs> this is what we have in common, right? This is why we clicked right immediately. We're Midwesterners, yeah, Central Illinois natives. So, you know, we've got, you know, some kinship there. So, okay, so we're going to get right into it. Josh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What was it like, your upbringing? Um, just give us a little bit of a backstory. I mean, for the most part, I mean, I was a pretty normal kid. I mean, I don't know if I class myself as normal now. Who is normal anymore? Right, right, but, exactly. You know, growing up, I didn't have any major qualms or nothing. You know, typical kid. I was mainly raised by uh, my grandma, my aunt, my mom. Okay. You know, it was me and my sister growing up for the most part. You know, of course, we were, you know, fighting like cats and dogs at, you know, the young age. But what do you do? Sure. For the most part, <laughs> Like I said, born and bred right here in go awesome. Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So normal upbringing raised by your mom and your grandma or your aunt? Yeah. Mom, grandma, and aunt. Pretty much all three of them. Oh, wow. All right. A lot of female influence in your house. Yes. And mom and grandpa was in the picture, but I mean, he's grandpa. Right, right. So I know you talked a little bit to me about, you know, discovering who you are, right? And your sexual identity. When did you realize that you were gay, right? When was uh, that? I, guess, I mean, really, for me, I guess you could say I started to notice that, you know, the boy crush. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was probably pretty young, maybe fifth grade, I'd say, where it was. I started to really notice, like, oh, like I kind of look at them differently than a normal yeah. boy would. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, wait a minute. I got to ask you: Did you do you have a? I mean, I don't want to expose the person, but did you have a crush? I know I I can remember my first crush. Can you remember yours? Oh God, at that young of an age, I think it was pretty much any boy in my class at that time because I was just trying to figure out like why do I like you okay maybe do I like you let's look at you and see if I like you (laughs) right right. (laughs) how typical right that's totally normal okay so when you started to kind of navigate through that self-identity process right um when did you truly embrace it or did you struggle Um, I think it was a struggle for a while, you know, because at at that time, I mean, I say, you know, back in the day, I'm not really that old, but at that time, even, you know, it wasn't a, a normal thing to be discussed or brought up or put me kind of out there. Are you an 80s? What's up? Are you an 80s or a 70s baby? I was an 80s baby, 86. So I was right there on the cusp of everything. Right, right. We talked about that back in the day. yeah. Yeah. It was difficult at first because, you know, you're, you've got that generation of, no, this is wrong. And then you've got my generation of, hey, love is love, you know, right, so I right. was in between both of those. But at that young of an age, it was one of those, this isn't okay. Right, right. You know, so it was a struggle, but I'd probably say freshman years when I really was like, okay, look, here it is. <laughs> I yeah. like things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you come out in your freshman year? Yeah, freshman year was when I pretty much hit the field running with everything, experienced everything for the first time with the gay thing and just all of that, you know, kind of put it in my family's lap of, hey, here it is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, so how was that received? Um, at first, it, it, I mean, amazingly, you know, you'd think the older generation, my grandmother or something would not be okay with it. She was the one that was kind of like, like, you know what? Okay, cool. This That's is what amazing. We're doing. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. And I, and I uh, had previously interviewed Michelle from queer and inspired and that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. You really have a truly unique story. I mean, yeah, it, usually it's the complete opposite. The older generations mostly like, uh, no, this isn't happening. Right. You know, right, was, right. I think it was more actually more difficult on my mom and I at the time it was more of a like she didn't understand but I think every parent understands but doesn't really get it until it's presented to them it was almost I guess fine in theory not in practice yeah if that makes sense yes absolutely now do you remember your coming out story I mean can you remember not really because right along with the coming out thing was when I started to jump into some other things that were like you know, taboo of like, that's when the, the drugs and the alcohol and stuff. Yeah. I was going to ask, cause I know that you've struggled and I had mentioned that in the beginning, um, with, you know, drug and alcohol abuse. Do you think that was what was connected to it? I mean, that played a major part in it because your teenage years to me from, to me anyways, age of like 13 to like 18 are like vital years for a kid. Yeah. And at that time, I, you know, I was brand new to a different high school. We had just moved to that area, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I was in that whole new situation, plus this whole new, like, oh, I like dudes. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Know? So, yeah. And making new friends. I didn't have friends that I came there with. 
Right. So, I mean, it was literally kind of a, like, in limbo thing for me. Right. So I kind of took refuge in things that helped me just cope. And I chose, you know, alcohol and drugs. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's, I mean, I see that kind of snowball effect with kids, especially when they don't feel like they fit in or they're trying to find their place. All of a sudden it's, oh, okay, well, I'll just do what the cool kids do. And I, you know, I'm a little dated, (laughs) I'm a little older than you, but that was kind of the way to fit in back in the day. So, you know, if you're not doing or falling alignment with what the cool kids are doing, you're not so cool and you're going to struggle a bit, but in in that, you're adding the element of sexual identification, which is a whole nother ball game. Oh yeah. Way different ballgame. And in high school, you know, it's, you know, I can't, now that I'm older, I can't hold anything against those kids because your kids, you don't know you're in high school. All you're worried about is, you know, fitting in and being popular or, you know, just making it through high school and not, you know, having a dramatic breakdown every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to ask too, now at your high school, did you have a nice friend following? Did, were you accepted? I mean, how did that? I mean, for the most part, I went, my high school was in a very um, religious community. Okay. So there was that struggle of like, a lot of people did not agree with it. And to this day, probably don't agree with it. But sure. yeah. nowadays, I'm like, well, you can eat it. I don't really care. <laughs> I love that. You can eat it. Yes. Who I am, right? Yeah. But high school was different. You know, like I said, you just you try to fit in the best you can and blend, or you just try to be that wallflower that people forget about. Yeah. For me, yeah. it was kind of hard because I'm kind of one of those in your face kind of people. Yes. So, you know, I had good friends. I had great friends. You know, I never got beat up or anything like that. But for me, almost, I would have rather been beat up because the bruises and broken bones, those would heal. Yeah. But the, yeah, that's words, the words that were told and said to me or about me, I don't know if I'll ever forget those. Okay. I'll forgive people for that, but yeah. I don't, people don't realize their words are way worse than actual physical actions sometimes. Yeah, that's, and that's what I see with when I work with clients. It's not, I mean, you can get over getting beaten up or bolt, you yeah. know what I mean? That but, but it's, it can be just one or two words that are so, it can cut you down to the core. It can traumatize you for, 30 to 40 years later. I mean, I'm there now, you know, sometimes it pops back up and I'm like, what, what the hell? Like, I thought I dealt with this. Yeah. You know, but you know, eventually you learn to work through it, but people don't realize, especially kids in high school, they don't realize how their words affect other people or even their self. A hundred percent. I mean, Yes. I, I wish more people would tune in to what you just said. Um, you know, I wish I could do some rewind. I always tell myself, I'm like, wish I could rewind the button for some of the things that I've said throughout life to other people or, you know, or just, I think just how I internalized what people said about me or to me. Um, I wish I would have had somebody like you that can talk me through it, you know, and realize they're just a lot of hard to get to that yeah. point. Right, right, right. A hundred percent. Thank you for that. That was really powerful. Um, Okay. So when you started, you know, going, getting, going down a slippery slope of drug and alcohol abuse, correct? Was there, was there anything that you did or you tried to do? Did you, did you seek therapy? You know, how did you kind of, how did that evolve? 
Well, I mean, it was first just, you know, like I said, it, you know, starts off as a, you know, as a kid, you're partying, you're having fun, you know, no big deal. Then it became, started to become more of a frequent thing of, hey, I feel good because I'm not hurting anymore. Right, right. So then it was like, oh, we'll just do it more and more and more. So you just partied more to where people, they didn't really think you had a problem. It was more of, oh, he just hangs out a lot and parties all the time, like a high school or a college kid would do that you're supposed to do at that age. Right, right. You know, it was pretty much after high school is when it all started to really snowball into a bigger like oh you may have a little bit of an issue (laughs) you know did was there a specific moment or was there like an aha moment of like I I'm I have a problem there was many times that I can say I probably had an aha moment okay but I was so deep in at that point or just so wrapped up into the fact that I didn't hurt when I did it I didn't care Right. And, you know, that's when I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know how to get out of it because all I cared about was I don't want to hurt anymore. I want to forget and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that you, once you started making that realization, what did you, what did you do to get, to get help? Uh, Mainly it was, I just, I started talking more about it with friends. You know, I would have people approach me every now and then our friends would be like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Because after a while, people close to you, they start to realize, you know, something's off. Yeah. So it was more of, I started to accept the fact that I had an issue. Mm-hmm. So I started to talk more about it with my friends, even if it was in a joking manner, I would just get it out. Yeah. You know, even if they didn't know I was being serious and I kind of shrugged it off as a joke, to me, it helped because I was still letting it out. I wasn't keeping it in anymore. Right, right. Yeah, it festers. Oh, God, it festers and grows into this ugly monster. <laughs> yeah, you know what? A lot of people don't recognize that, you know, when you harbor and you hoard emotional trauma, emotional stress, it manifests physically. So, oh, yeah. I had a lot of physical issues. Physical issues. Yes, yes. Yeah. Same thing here. A lot, a lot of, of physical issues. Yes, 100%. So um, was there anything that you did? So you started talk, doing a little bit of like talk therapy with, you know, friends. Was there anything that didn't help? Uh, you know, I tried counseling before okay. to just kind of start working through because I knew if I could get a handle on the deep rooted parts of things of just my depression or, you know, the suicidal thing of being feeling alone and yeah. just feeling broken. I knew if I could start working through that, then the alcohol part would kind of dissipate on its own because that was just my crutch to deal with the depression and right. everything I was feeling inside. Yeah. So I tried to do the counseling thing, but for me, it was, I just felt really weird because I didn't have a connection with that person. Okay. That's good. You, to know, know. It's, you know, like when you and I first met, we clicked right away and right. we started talking all night long. You know, yeah. it, some people you click with, some people you don't. Right, and in right. a situation like that, for me anyways, if I didn't have a connection, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, here you go. Here's my bleeding heart. Let me just yeah. everything yeah, to yeah. you. <laughs> and that's, I think a lot, I think this is an important point because I think a lot of people don't think they have any other options. And, and I just want to make a point to that. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say that therapists are bad because we have therapists on oh. here. 
And yeah, I, I don't say that coaches are the be all end all. You have to shop around. You have to find the right fit. And that is why, you know, I'm doing the flip and shift podcast. I want to bring on niche coaches. I want to bring on those personalities and or therapists and say, hey, here's, you know, here's what I, I work on with people. Um, and you know, people have the ability and the capabilities to shop around. There are so many different avenues to go down. If you don't click with your therapist or, you know, you're trying, you're seeking help, which bravo to you, you know, for taking that next step. But, um, if you're finding yourself just, you know, feeling in a deeper hole, like I just can't tell this person everything, or I'm, I'm not clicking with them. There are other options out there. And, you know, and that's just a point that I want to make because you, you made a, you brought up a good point on that. <laughs> well, even nowadays, there's so many more options opening up nowadays. It's insane. It's, it's insane. You know, but a lot of people, for me, I was petrified. I was more, yeah. not even really scared. I was more ashamed. Right. So I didn't reach out. I kept it to myself, which then snowballed into making it worse. So it just became this vicious, vicious cycle of like, you know, you'd make some progress and then something minor would happen and I would just fall right back into it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every little step I've come to realize, no matter how big or small that I took, as long as it's in the right direction, that's all that matters. Even if it's a little, little baby step of like, Hey, you know, I'm not okay with this or whatever, as long as it's in the right direction, who cares? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That brings me to your shirt. Oh, my shirt. (laughs) You show everybody your shirt. Yeah, I, I think it's so. I think it's amazing. So you know, my my thing is the fly. You know, uh, first yes. love yourself. Yes. Woo! I love on it. The, I love on the back of it. I don't know. No, I can't see it. Hold on. See what it says. You're worth the fight. Yes. Good job. I love it. So Good I had a friend of mine. Jennifer Who made Burke. that, by the way? So that way we can uh, plug. My Jennifer Burke made that for me. Uh, she's Who's on it? my Facebook. My friend okay. Jennifer Burke. Okay. She's on my Facebook. She does, you know, uh, hats, stuff like that. She's got a lot of stuff coming up that she can make. But mm-hmm. I got in touch with her. I'm like, hey, this is what I want to do. I yeah. want to put this out there. Plus, I just want people to be able to read it and be like, hey, I get it. Thanks. Yes. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. All right. So. And we'll get to that. But I want to also um, talk a little bit about the next thing, which is the next struggle that you've had to deal with in your life, which is your recent diagnosis, well, semi-recent diagnosis of HIV. Yeah, that diagnosis, what was your thoughts? Well, my very first honest God thought was like, well, shit, I'm dead. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm I literally, I was in the hospital when I was told about it, you know, um, it's, I was diagnosed towards the end of October of last year. Okay. Uh, a lot of people have yet to find out about that. I mean, that's been a real mental, just friggin' fluck. Yeah. Fluck. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can only imagine. Yes. And that's been a roller coaster for sure. For my family, for me, just that's been fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, can you can you give a little bit more about you know walking everybody through the? Oh process yeah, and, I mean, people. The first thing people would say are, you know, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, first, like I said, I was devastated. I thought, okay, I'm dead. You know, yeah. and then I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the pain medicine I was on that put me in this little like 
zen mode, but I was laying in my hospital bed and it just clicked. You know, I, I had two choices. At that point in my life, I was at a crossroads of you either give up and you die mm-hmm. or I decide to fight and do what I have to do to live a long, happy, healthy life. Yes. Those are my two options. I mean, yeah. there, everybody usually has multiple choices. I had two choices and that was it. Wow. You know, it definitely woke me up and made me realize, shit, I really, I love life. I want to live. Yeah. yeah. You know, and ever since then, um, and I'm even before then a few weeks, I've been sober, completely sober from everything. I don't even smoke cigarettes anymore. I Wonderful. mean, almost seven months now, I think. Wow. That's, but, you know, I, I did what I had to do. You, you make a choice. And once you, in your mind, that's where it starts. Yeah. You know, once you decide to actually make that change, mm-hmm. you'll make the change. But if you're not ready, it's not going to happen. Exactly. For exactly. me in that moment, it was okay. Well, I literally said to myself, I'm like, okay, Lord, game on. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yes. Right. It's, you know, I mean, what, I, what, you get to that crossroads. It's like, do I go left or do I go right? Right. Do I be a victim or do I choose to make the changes for myself? Exactly. You know, and a lot of people, like I said, they say they're sorry. I, I can't say I'm, I'm blessed, but I feel blessed. You know, I ever, I'm a firm believer. Everything happens for a reason. So God allowed this for me anyways, I feel, you know, allowed me to do this. I mean, it saved my life. I honestly, you know, I stopped doing the cocaine. I stopped doing you know, the pills, I don't drink myself completely blackout, drunk, stupid anymore. I mean, I, I was, I don't, I posted it on my Facebook before, but I was in a drunk driving accident, pissed drunk, hit a phone pole head on at 55 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. And I walked away with a little scar on my arm. And that, that's crazy. You know, that was, that was God like, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I hear it. I'm clear. I, I get I think, it. I think some people get these little messages, but it takes something like that to kind of hit the switch. Right. Well, I didn't even do it for me then either. After I hit the pole, yeah. I still drank like an idiot. Sure. Sure. You know, yeah. but this was definitely a like, Hey, pull your head out of your ass moment. <laughs> 100%. So was this when you came up with the concept of fly? Uh, the flying thing really started, honestly, with my brother, uh, kind of sum that long story up. We met when, when I was 30. That okay. was the first time we had ever met. We had, you know, I was living on my own, had just gotten up a serious long relationship, was literally completely broken, was still in the midst of the alcohol, the drugs, all of it. Mm-hmm. And I was running. I didn't know what I was running from, but I was running. But yeah. come to find out I was running from myself. Yeah. Um, but so I ran to, I ran to him. You know, he was there with open arms, uh, kind of a like, hey, you know, come on, come down here, which was Texas, start over. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing led to another, and I ended up moving farther down south in Texas on my own without my brother, which turned out to be a train wreck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but right. I got myself back on the rails. You know, he told me, it, we, I don't even know what we were doing at the time, but I'll never forget it. He was like, you know, it's your time to fly. And at first I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, (laughs) okay, sure. Sure. But now that everything started to click and it's, I get it now. For me, I took it. For him, it was, you know, take control of your life. For me, it's to do that, you have to take control of you. 
Yeah. You can't can take control of anything unless you, you know, do your first, like, yes. you know, control you as a person. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so the, the fly acronym is first love yourself, right? Yeah. That's and, how I interpret it. And I think that's interesting because a lot of people want to really stay safe in that victim mode. And a lot of people are seeking outside themselves for the answers. But really what you just said is it all starts with yourself. Yeah, Everything is in you that you need. Everything, mm-hmm. all the strength, all the happiness, yes. everything you need is with you from day one. But unfortunately, life being life, yeah, you know, your brain and your life go all different directions and you do different things that, you know, aren't, you know, who you are. Right, right. You know? exactly. So after a while, you just kind of lose yourself. You do. But there comes a point in time right. where it's like, you know, enough is enough. You're the only one though that can decide when to say I've had enough. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what were some of the things that when you started to, I want to say, push more self-love or love yourself more, a lot of people really walk throughout life self-loathing. They really hate themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. What did you, what was it that you, you started doing for yourself? Well, after I had lived with my brother, I moved back home. I started, I live with my sister currently. And that was probably one of the best things ever happened to me in my life. You know, living with my sister and, you know, she's allowed me to have that possibility to really start over. And that's how it all starts is you have to decide, okay, I'm going to start over from this point. And that's what I've done. And even then I still struggled and I backslid, you know, had issues with the drugs, had issue with the alcohol. Can I ask and, you, do you think your support system is, is, is really important for this? Oh, a support system is everything. I tried this on my own for, I don't know how long, just, you know, in my own brain. Yes. A lot that, of ended, yeah. that ended up, you know, about like the caller in my phone pole. <laughs> right. Didn't right. Well. <laughs> Spinning in circles, right? Spinning in circles. Literally, you know, yeah. and after a while you can only hit that wall so many times before you're like, okay, maybe I should try and go around the wall. Yes. Yeah. That's you know, right. My sister allowed me to be able to do that, to yeah. start loving me, to start thinking of me. Like, yeah. okay. I'm always blaming, you know, oh, well, it's this is why I drink or this is why I did drugs or this is how I got HIV. Truth with the HIV, I don't know how I got HIV because I was usually so high and drunk, pass out drunk, wake up not knowing where you are, not knowing who you're with, let alone what you did. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the last thing on your mind is condoms. You know, you don't even know your name sometimes. Right, right. It doesn't sound great, but it is what it is. That's life. Yeah. That's what happened. I mean, I I don't want to put it, and I know you mentioned that it's a blessing. I I look at sometimes the things that happen throughout our lives. Like I, I, you know, I don't want to go into my story, but I got sick for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) I I went through 14 years of hell and really terribly five, six years worth of, you know, very much sick. And there was a wake up, it was a wake up call for me. So, and And a lot of people don't realize how much they've grown. Mm-hmm. and how much they've come through until you actually say, okay, I need, you need to step back, yeah. take a breath, 
calm down and look at your life. Like right, look right. how far you've come. Yes. You may still feel like you're in hell, but look at the hell you got through that you said you weren't going to get through. Yeah. You got through it. So keep going. You know, like Dory, keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You know, keep I love going. it. Yep. Exactly. I, I, everything you're saying just speaks to my heart, Josh. I could just cry because I just love it. Um, okay. So I want to ask now you've, you've had this HIV diagnosis, you're going through the motions. You you're, you're learning how to love yourself. Um, you're getting into fitness. I see, right. Yeah, I just had my one year anniversary with my fitness program. So I love it. So, okay. With all of this life experience, and this is why I bring people onto the flip and shift is because you've gone through something, right? And what are you going to do with all that, right? You've gone through this horrific, hellish experience in life and you learned how to claw your way out of it. What the hell do you want to do with all that? Do you want to just sit on it and hoard it for yourself? Okay, that's cool. Or do you want to do something with it? What do you want to do with what you've gone through? What's the message you want to bring? So at first, you know, I was literally one of the the self-loathing. I hated myself. I was ashamed of myself. I I didn't know left from right, up from down when they dropped the HIV bomb on me. You know, I was literally dying in the hospital. My body was shutting down. I was like, count me out, you know, throw in the towel, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after a lot of inner things of talking to myself and talking with family, it was like, you know what? I can't sit on this because I'm one of those people, the world right now, as we all know, is a complete train wreck. (laughs) We won't go there, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least, it's a train wreck. Right. You know, there's so much hate and negativity and this and that. You know, my main thing is, is if my life experiences can help either save someone else from suicide can save someone else from hurting and not feeling loved, Mm -hmm. then I will be a complete open book for anybody. I will tell all, you know, because in my opinion, I don't care who you are. I I mean, literally, I don't care who you are or what you've done in your life. No one in this world deserves to feel like they're not loved. Mm -hmm. Everybody is here for a reason. Everybody is loved by someone. Yes. And there's something that you love about everyone. You may not love them, but you love their hair or you love their car or you love, there's something you always catch yourself saying, oh, I love this or I love that. Yeah. Why not tell the damn person? You could change their life. And in the meantime, it changes your life. You don't know it, but it really does. Yes. Do you think that this type of message needs to be brought to children? I I really feel like we need to do more of this type of work in school systems. Oh God, I would kill to go into a school and tell these teenagers, like, look, you're not invincible and it's okay to not be okay. And not just teenagers. I want to tell everybody, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it's like a taboo thing to talk about, but when you think about it and you really, really get into it, almost every single one of us is messed up in our head and stuck in our dark, twisty place is what yeah. I call it, mm-hmm. but in our own way. Yes. Just because it may not be as bad as somebody else's doesn't mean it's not bad. Exactly. For you, it could be, the, you know, that's the end of your life, but yeah. talk to each other, help yeah. each other through it. 
Yeah. You know, that's, and the kids nowadays, that's, that's my thing. Like I said, when I was in high school, it was a big thing. You know, kids don't realize mm-hmm. how much their words and stuff, what that does to people. Uh-huh. And, you know, and then again, that plays into parents also. I'm not a parent, but right. it all, shit rolls downhill. It does. <laughs> it, it does. And I think going back to what you said of it's okay to not be okay. It means that you're supposed to like somehow fix it. Right. Or, and, but most people don't know how to fix it. So they stay in that, that mindset of not being okay too long, way too long. That was the hardest part for me. And that was when I finally was just, it was like the Kool-Aid man. I busted through my own emotions and my own stubbornness and said, fuck it. I'm done pretending I'm okay because I'm not. Exactly. You know, and there comes a point where you've tried to drop hints here and there. But at the end of the day, you're the only one that can decide to reach out and say, hey, I need help. Yeah. You know, people can talk to you and stuff, but they're not going to, nobody's a damn mind reader. No. And I think what you said is if it's, if it's not, if it's okay to not be okay, we first need to figure out how to get out of that. Right. And the number one thing is what you said, which is on your shirt is you need to start with you. It starts with you. It starts here. It all starts right here. Exactly. When you decide that you are going to start realizing you're important, you matter, you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be heard. You deserve to feel okay. Yes. You don't need to constantly hurt anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's hard to do though, because you don't, at that point in time, you don't feel worthy. Yes. 100%. And it's hard to learn that you are worthy, but you really are. I mean, there's always something in your life that's going to click. That's going to eventually say, Hey, you know what? I did deserve that. Rather mm-hmm. it's a, Hey, I like your hair or Hey, I like your pants or Hey, good job on your paperwork or something. You did something to deserve that, which means you're worthy of that praise. You're worthy of that feeling. Yes. A hundred percent. I love it. I, I, <laughs> this was such a phenomenal conversation, right? I just, I'm so impressed by you. I'm so grateful that we've made this connection. I'm so honored that you were my first. Can I say that? <laughs> I haven't had a chick tell me that. In, well, I you can't were my remember. first uh, survivor episode and I'm I'm just everything you said is gonna hit home for somebody today I know it, it hit home for me it hit it's gonna hit home for somebody today and that's my goal I, that's I your your mission in life your purpose is to help others I yeah. 100% believe that yeah I yes. don't want other people to ever feel you know you know this big nobody yeah. deserves to feel like that Nobody in this world, the world is too bad right now as is, you know, why not? It's it's free to make someone smile. Yes. Why not be the reason somebody smiles? Why not be the reason somebody learns to fly? Why not? I mean, it's so easy and so simple, but we get so wrapped up in our own life and our own world and we're stuck in our own shithole. Yes. Why not help each other get out of it? Yes. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Yay. Well, I don't want to cut off this conversation and I can always have you come back on and we can talk again. I mean, that'd be amazing. You and I, as soon as we met, 
it was like an instant chemistry. It was like, click. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely was. And I, I love it. So I don't want to, I want to make sure that we have some time here. If there are questions on uh, the feed, let me see real quick. Um, this isn't my norm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, ask away any questions at all. I will fully answer to the whole truthfulness that I can. Yeah. And as of right now, I'm not really seeing anything unless you're seeing some. So um, I don't see anything on mine so much. Like I said, this is new for me also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not usually a big um, Facebook streamer, but you know, is always a first. So hey, lovely Rona has taught us all to just, uh, I like to use the acronym of flucking. It's yes. fucking flexible. Flucking. <laughs> I, I, where right? did that come from? Right. Where exactly. Did, where did from? Well, I just want to say thank you so, so stinking much. I I'm, I'm so proud of you. I mean, can I say that? I'm just so oh, proud God, of you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, I accept the compliments. It's still one of those, like, it's weird to yeah. hear that, but you know, everybody needs to know. I am proud of you. I do love you. I yeah. mean, I even know you, but I love you. You're a person. We right. breathe the same damn air. <laughs> yes, exactly. There needs to be more of that online and seeing more of those comments versus the opposite, right? Oh yeah. It's so Especially busy to nowadays. tear people down. It's just terrible. So just I there for each other. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you so much. And I know that you're online. And if there's people that are needing some hope, some inspiration, empowerment, fly, learning how to first love themselves, please, please connect with Joshua on Facebook. Um, Joshua is also on TikTok. Uh, TikTok. That's more of a, you want to come and have fun and just laugh. But you've got one hell of a following. Whatever you're doing on there, you've got a hell of a following. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're making people smile. So I love it. So he's on TikTok under Joshua Morgan 1122. And if you want to hook up with Joshua and maybe he's available for talks, speaking engagements, Um, you know, if you have questions for him, you know, just want to message him. He also has an email address. It's Josh Morgan, 2286 at gmail.com. And I'll make sure I post that on the replay. Um, but I just, I think he's a breath of fresh air. You are an inspiration to so many people, people that have gone through similar situations like you, they're going to be so empowered and inspired. And you took lemons and made and lemonade <laughs> hey sometimes you know after a while you just start to chuck the damn lemons and say fuck it <laughs> you chuck them and say flock it flock it so anyway but i want to just say thank you so much um you know we we had a great great live tonight i really enjoyed i'm excited I, I was thrilled and honored to be your first <laughs> you are my first so i don't think it'll be my last but you're my first which is such a big deal so Thank you so much. And I'm just going to recap here at the end. Uh, This is Joshua Morgan. He's an online influencer. You can find him on TikTok. You can message him on email. You can even hook up with him or connect with him on Facebook, Instagram as well, right? I'm starting to do the Instagram. I'm trying to get the hang of that. Get on Instagram. Um, Honestly, I don't even remember what my Instagram is. I can get that to you though. 
Yes, I would love that. So um, you guys, for those people that have missed the live, this is available, or you want to watch this again, this will be on replay on our YouTube channel, which is the Flip and Shift YouTube channel. It'll also be on our Facebook page and group, as well as a replay, a little bit more of a snippet on Instagram. But you guys, it'll be, we'll be launching our Flip and Shift podcast and we'll have the Survivor Series episodes and Josh will be the first Survivor Series episode. So you guys, if you want to listen in, please subscribe, please subscribe to the Flip and Shift podcast. And thank you so much for tonight, for this live stream. And I just appreciate everything. Thank you again, Josh. And we will be talking soon. Awesome. (laughs) Bye, guys. Have a great night. Thanks. Wow. What a great episode. And a special thank you to our expert today. I hope today's episode inspired you, empowered you, and gave you some hope today. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned for our next episode. Cheers, my friend. Thank you.